Hey everyone, welcome to the 235 Film Podcast, where my friend Brent and I take a topical look back at some of the films we love. If you end up enjoying this episode, you'll be glad to hear that we have an entire first season out right now that you can check out fully devoted to the films of Denis Villeneuve. From his early Canadian films like Ensemble and Polytechnique to his latest Hollywood blockbuster Blade Runner 2049. But this season, we are exploring some of yours and our favorite sci-fi films of the 20th century. We have a full 10-episode season coming at you, and we are starting things off with a bang with the 1968 imaginative science fiction classic, Planet of the Apes. I don't want to waste too much of your time, so let's jump right in. All right, everybody, here we are with season two. Season two. Season two, kicking her off with something special. <laughs> sci-fi classics. Sci-fi classics, yeah. We're excited. I can say at least that I'm excited. I'm pretty excited. Yeah. We yeah. hope you're excited. We're excited. We we love that for our first episode, JWoww and I are actually recording in the same room. In person. For yeah. the first time. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty exciting here in Madison, Wisconsin. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. We actually just watched Planet of the Apes together this morning. Literally, like which 10 that, minutes ago we That's finished. also the first movie that we've ever watched together. So it's no, special. That's not true. No, <laughs> but uh, as you can see, we wanted to do a little surprise for our first episode of the season, and you guys can actually see us alongside hearing us. Yeah, and if you're on the podcast platforms and you're interested in that at all, we're definitely going to have a link on yeah. our social media that you can jump onto our YouTube right. page and find that. Yeah, please do. Please go check that out. Um, it's probably going to be a little bit different than used to as far as. Uh, listening, yeah. Because <laughs> now you can put a faces to us. Brand new experience. Uh, <laughs> meet your hosts in a way. I know that uh, we probably don't look as handsome as we sound, right. but <laughs> yeah, definitely not as buttery in person. <laughs> but anyways, we we decided to go uh, ten ten episodes deep this season. Yeah, and we're gonna go chronologically, and we're starting with the first. We picked, you know, we, you guys had a couple answers for us about what movies to pick Loved from. Love the feedback, yeah, by the way. We got so a many, ton of responses so many on our responses. social media. Yeah. Uh, but we had to nail it down to 10, so we got to cut some few, a few out, and we uh, went by preference. Yep. Just one of the, yeah, the couple so, movies on there that we haven't seen yet, so we wanted to check that, those so out. So just for a little taste, our first couple, we, we started with Planet of the Apes, yeah. and naturally, in the progression of things, our next one's going to be 2001, A Space Odyssey. Yeah. So just kind of kicking it off with the, like, Salt of the Earth, classic sci-fi movies, <laughs> movies that paved the way for things yeah, like exactly. Interstellar, for instance. Yeah, you know, like, it, I mean, just surface level watching Planet of the Apes this morning, it's crazy how much inspiration yeah. comes from movies like this for today's sci-fi. That's for sure, yeah, it's for crazy. sure. So I think we, we're ready to just dive right Let's into just the dive conversation. Right in. Yeah, I think we're good for that. So Planet of the came Apes, out. whoa. 1968. 1968. And you can definitely feel it as you're watching Absolutely. It. <laughs> absolutely. From I mean, we kick off in the beginning. Charlton Heston is uh, sitting at the the, the command, command module yeah, yeah, yeah. of this spaceship. Everything is built out. I mean, the details on this thing, I feel like I'm watching something from Disney World. That's truly what it felt like. No, yeah. I can see that. It's crazy to me, the set design and something like this, because when you think about it in 1968, what else were they going to do? You know That's what true. I mean? Like Interstellar can create such landscapes with like, you know, obviously Iceland provides a lot of that. But yeah. like the digital effects of today takes away the need for so much practicality. Right, right. You don't have to go on location so much as you could just like sit in front of a green screen and you're fine. But I appreciate that so much more today. Like I, what I was telling you this morning, like production must have taken three times as long as it yeah. would today because all of that stuff was practical. And like they are what? Walking in the distance. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they're, they're 300 feet away from the camera or whatever doing this far out shot. 
Somebody and trips and it's like, yeah, cut, oh, let's do that again. Gotta start all <laughs> over again. Yeah. It's crazy though. It's crazy to think about how much detail and work has to go into something like that with sure. so much practical effects like that. For sure. And just to kind of hint on what you pick up off on, on what you were saying about the whole Disney, like the set itself is very interesting because you, it does give you that like old Disney feel. Right. Like if you go to Disneyland or Disney World and there's some of those rides that are a lot older than the others. Right. Yeah. It feels like, like that kind of It's a set. small world. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. yeah. For sure. And when I, one of the experiences that I have, I'm a big Disney snob. Like I love Disney World more than, <laughs> more than most places on the earth. And I live in Orlando, so that's you saying should be, something. You should be visiting me a lot more. <laughs> So one of the biggest things I appreciate is I can go to Disney World, I can experience something, and it's truly outer-worldly for me. Like mm. I walk through the gates of Disney World and I feel like I've 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 crossed a line into another place because the attention to detail that the uh, the Imagineers have at Disney World is like I I mean I could look at a trash can and not think that the trash can is from Orlando. Like no, the yeah. trash can looks so they do design everything right exactly, yeah. and that's kind of how I felt about this. Looking at that command module, the details like. You know, it's not even like, oh, here's a flashlight that could double as a joystick. It's like we we made this joystick specifically for this one set piece. Right. I mean, I think I agree with you to a certain extent because there there are certain elements of that space module where you can see like what that element might have been. Like the walls, for example, are for sure like sound panels. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because in the beginning, he puts the cigar, puts down, the cigar right next, next to highly it. flammable foam. <laughs> That tells us that he wasn't really smoking. But hey, if think about it. In the sixties and the seventies, you were you could fly and you could smoke while you're flying in a plane right. in yeah. real life. So yeah, but it's a little different in space because of the oxygen content, you know. So yeah, but you know, I mean, if I think. if it, there were to be an explosion, no one would hear it. So it's fine. That's fine. Yeah, they'd be dead, and in nobody. Space, would no one could hear you scream. Isn't that the tagline for Alien? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, another thing that stood Which, out to me when you talked about yeah, go ahead. When you talk I was about, gonna say something. That's Easter egg. <laughs> <laughs> when uh, when you were talking about how there's something, I think the cryo chambers where uh-huh. they went to sleep, they might actually have been uh, buffet buffet, <laughs> buffet, buffet coolers because when they, <laughs> somebody walked up and just pulled down the buffet, oh, it's like yeah. the things at Subway. When you go to Subway, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you get yeah. your sandwich made. They just open up the lid and they crawl in, and now they can. I wonder sleep. because he yeah, in that scene he does like press a button and right. then it like comes down. I wonder if outside of the shot there's somebody there like yeah, just like, <laughs> be careful with that. We got to return it to Subway on Monday. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's just the first five minutes. What a taste. I think you do definitely see like a scope of like uh, ingenuity as far as like the set design, and I think it's it's interesting to think about the uh, the budget. I think was only five million, which back then is totally different with yeah. inflation and all that. But uh, I mean, that how movie must that? have cost how much today? Yeah, exactly, I don't know. exactly. And how much of that budget then went to production design, like right, set design? Right, that's true. Whereas our budgets today, Nolan's forty, sixty million. Half of that goes to visual effects. Definitely. So, well, not maybe not Tenet. <laughs> um, no, over. Okay, give me this. Overall, what was your feeling on a movie? I really liked it. You really liked Planet of the Apes. Now I know, I know that we kind of had a Mystery Science Theater three thousand. We kind of did, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. let's be honest, any sci-fi movie from the sixties, you're going to be able to rag on a little bit. Of course, I mean, Charlton Heston's like. Damn okay. dirty ape line. I mean, it's just like, come on. Not just that. I, 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 okay, yes. Right. I mean, but, the mask that's a classic. That's a like, classic line. I mean, that's a line that's been used and reused like in satire films for years, right? Right. It's a line that everybody kind of knows, even well, if you I mean, haven't seen the movie. Satire films is the 
is the key word there. Okay, fine. <laughs> you win. I, 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 what confuses me is this: uh, in '68, what, what was acting like? Was it good? Was it okay to be a terrible actor? Because Charl- Charlton Heston was like famous. Yeah, for he was what famous. He sure. did and what he what right. he would go to do, go on to do. You know what I mean? So, I mean, this was still unionized acting, right? Was it? I don't know. It's '60s was still. I, I'm, I guess so. Well, I mean, I'm sure they still have unions today, no? No, I know, but th- I mean, it was a lot bigger of a... Yeah, uh, yeah. I think. Overall. I not wonder- just an acting, but in any industry, I, I feel mm-hmm. like. Just acting. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you. No, but uh, I mean, I wonder if that has any draw on how, like, the perception of acting is. I don't... I, maybe sure. there's a higher pressure. I don't less know. Mo- less films were being made right. back then as well, so I guess, like, there, you have a certain... Lineup of people that you can pick from. Right. Maybe Char- Charlton Heston just had a draw to him. One thing about his performance in this movie, and it, it's, it's, I'm interested to see like where, where that would have come from. It's just so scripted. I feel like, I feel like acting that we see today, even in the usual suspects of the 90s, like, right. I, sure, they have a script. There's no question about that, but you can tell there's like, there's like, the reason we cast certain people for certain roles is because of the flair that they're going to bring to that. Yeah, you yeah, know yeah. what I mean? For sure. And I think, I don't know. It just felt so stiff in that regard to me mm-hmm. where it's like, you know, he knows what he has to say and he's following that to a T and maybe, maybe, maybe that kind of like, uh, that kind of like stiff ruggedness was what his character needed because I mean, he is stubborn. He's, I mean, that's, <sighs> I mean, it, it doesn't sure. necessarily take away anything from the sure, character sure, sure, for yeah. me. I just found it interesting that his acting style in the sixties, late sixties granted was I mean, it's super different than 30 years later when I see, like, The Usual Suspects. That's just something that's coming to Was my he mind. in The Usual No. Uh, no, <laughs> I'm just thinking, like, like, like... So I'm trying to think back now. Kevin Spacey's character in that is Whoa, so... Whoa, dude, we don't mention him. <laughs> we don't mention him anymore. It's so, it's so fluid in that role that it's like, you, you wouldn't assume that he has a script because everything feels like it's coming right, so naturally right. from This him. definitely did feel scripted. Right. 100%. I, I hesitate to bring up Heath Ledger, especially and the Joker that laughter, because the la- yeah, sorry, sorry to interrupt, but that laughter, my God. <laughs> it's just part it was of like his a, character. Dude. It was like a my. Um, it's a space lap. Come on, give him a break. He's maniacal two thousand years old. <laughs> two thousand years old, dude. I think it was. Anyway, I'm saying <laughs> okay, I hesitate sure. to bring up. Heath Ledger's Joker right. is, is one of those because a lot of that was just like uh, yeah it was just off the cuff. Nolan like let him like right. just come up with the character. I'm trying yeah. to think of scripted actors that I know were in scripted roles. I think I don't know maybe it's because there's also the fact of like in the 50s and I don't know how how long into the 60s this happened, but production companies um, would generally hire an actor. Um, and literally signed them on for like years. So it's oh, like sure. you're in this. You're, you're you're literally contracted for ten years to this right. production company, and right. that's it. Yeah. So I guess they would want to get the most out of that actor as much as possible. That so makes more sense to me. And I'd be curious to see like this was MGM, right? Uh, was it? I don't I, remember. I think no, it was. It was twentieth. Was twentieth century oh, Fox? Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah that's right. Well, I don't think well, they were Fox yet. No. Did twentieth century also do Ben Hur? And the Ten Commandments. Uh, I'd be I'm curious sure. to see if he I'm was just sure. signed on by 20th Century because all of those kind of fell within the same. Uh-huh. It's interesting. It's interesting. Yeah. I mean, it, but that by that regard, if that's the case, then he wasn't necessarily the person for this role. Maybe he just fell into it. Maybe I, could be. All of that being said, I don't necessarily think that his performance was bad. I just find it interesting that the the 
the acting in the roles of the the late sixties. I uh-huh. mean, everyone's like that. I think the person who right, who, I think who, it fits who, with the times. Who rolled the most fluidly through their role was uh, Kim Hunter in the the role of Doctor Zira. I yeah. think that she was so. You think so? I think that she was. I don't know. So it's kind of hard to see maybe how uh, good the acting is through maybe, those prosthetics. Maybe Lucius at the end. Oh yeah, he was a, he Lucius, was a, the, the rebel teenage. He was a ape. necessary uh, addition to the. To His the, favorite uh, band is Nirvana, by the yeah. way. I looked it up. Is it really? Yeah, he wears a Nirvana shirt. Oh my gosh! No, he doesn't. Oh. But like, <laughs> explains so much. <laughs> he was typecast. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I, I have. I almost feel like an obligation to like this movie. Absolutely. Absolutely. I totally understand where you're coming Does from. Does that make sense? Yep. Okay, because, like, I don't... Man, oh, I'm so glad we live in today's world. Right. Because right. the pacing of editing back then yeah. is infuriating to me. But then I but then I think if I lived back then, I wouldn't have known the pacing of today's editing, you know, right. space. Right, exactly. So, and that's what I'm... Gonna, I, I would love to watch a movie like this through 1967's eyes. Yeah. Like, I'd love to... I'd love to come from... 68. 19, no, I'd love to come from 1967 into 1968. Oh, got you. I, what was happening in 68, dude? I don't know. The space race. Oh, yeah. Like, that was in the middle of the space race. Mm. So, like, coming off of all of that and to see something like this, I'd love to... I'd love to know what it feels like. Yeah, to it must see have been really cool. Not only one these these concepts, which at the end we realize aren't really concepts at all. But <laughs> okay, <laughs> like <laughs> when when we see all these concepts of like extraterrestrial life, and not only that, but like a somewhat realistic version of what space travel could look like. You mm-hmm. know, like lights floating in front of the windows yeah. and cryogenic they had no chambers. Clue. Yeah, right, they, exactly. they had no clue. Exactly. That would kind of you know. Yeah. Jaunt me a little bit. But now we're we live in the age of and we look the space back at, race. We happened. know what space looks like. And now we've got things like Interstellar that right. are providing incredible imagery <laughs> of, you know, scientifically accurate black holes. And we're like, Yeah, Whoa. so this does feel a little bit play yeah. playfulish. Right, exactly. Um, exactly. I, I find it interesting that I actually forgot what I was going to say. Yikes. You you started going off on this thing. I, and I it, interrupted it, it was you, really dude. interesting, actually. It's my bad, though. No, because I totally... No, it's it's not your bad, because I really enjoyed what you were just saying. Sorry. Um, <laughs> I'll come back to it later. Okay. I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, um, what, another thing that I said was, uh, like, back to the production design. Sorry. Sure. Um, it was like, uh, where do they keep all that stuff? Like today, in today's right. age. So they filmed most of the most of the film in in the southwest portion of the United States, between uh, Arizona, Colorado, a lot of it in the Grand Canyon, and then there was a ranch out there that they filmed a lot of stuff at, mm. like uh, like all those cornfield scenes and stuff yeah. like that, where the ranch in the area, Page, I think it was something like that, <clears throat> and they had that entire built out village. Where's all that stuff today? It has to be somewhere because this movie spawn, uh, spawned like four sequels, I think. Back then, yeah, so three, three sequels, four total movies. Right, that's yeah. what I meant. Yeah, yeah. So if it if it made so much money and it was so popular, then for sure the studio would have been like, we need to preserve some of these. Yeah. How fast did those happen in succession from in sixty eight? Uh, sixty eight, and then seventy, seventy one, and I don't remember when the fourth one came out. I'm not sure, but it was in. in it must have been in the first half of the seventies. Yeah. Before but, Star Wars, that's for quickly. sure. Well, Star Wars came out in 1970, right? 77. Was it 77? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, 80. 1980 was when the second one came out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 you're right. Uh, yeah, which begs the question of like... this. Uh, it's obvious that something like this geared up for something like that. Yeah, for sure. You got to believe that George Lucas watched 
the Planet of the Apes in 2001 came out in the same year. And, that's right. And thought to himself, wow, this is going somewhere, but I can make well, it. But that's interesting because you're right. Both of them came out in the same year. Planet of the Apes and 2001. I know and they have about totally to- different views they ha- on what space could yeah, look like. But think about a lot of stuff in the imagery in the command module alone is yeah. so resemblant of 2001 A Space Odyssey yeah. and vice versa. Like, yeah, I, I could agree with that. And, and while we were watching it, I was like, oh, wow, like this movie must have inspired 2001. No. But then I realized 2001 came out like a month a co- later. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. So there's no way. So what What was it? What for Kubrick well, and what, who, what, who did this? I'm trying who to, knows? Uh, I don't remember his it name. It was uh, uh, Tim Burton. No, no God. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I have nothing against Marky Mark. No? No. Except for that movie. Oh, I see. <laughs> <laughs> Here's my question. If this came out in 68 and then a, a month or so later, 2001 comes out, were there any other films that they could latch on to to create what they created? Before that, that's what I'm saying. What? What? I mean, but, there had to be. There was um. What before Planet of the Apes? The, the day the Earth stood still. That's class. That was still black and white. That was way before this. Yeah, but that was all. Wasn't that all Earth? Oh yeah, I think you're right. You're right. I'm saying space travel stuff. Yeah, I don't know. I can't think of one. I, we must. If you guys know. Let us know. Slide into our DMs with that info. Either put a comment below yeah. or like give us a, a, a anchor voice message because we really yeah. we would really like to know. We're intrigued, fellow cinephiles. We'll revisit unite. this in the next yeah. episode when we're talking about 2001. Yeah, which I mean, obviously, will come back up because when 100%. we watch that movie, we're going to see imagery that we saw in this that's yeah. going to come back up. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy that something so similar can come out in the same year but have go two completely opposite directions. Right, but like two things. I don't know how. I can't think now if 2001 was as successful as this was when it came out. I don't think it was when it came out, but, but it today, the obviously, popularity it makes, it did, yeah. 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 I'm, that's the other thing. We were talking about how the editing pace of this is so... That's what you were talking about. Right. So the editing pace of this was... I feel like it really pulled me out of it sometimes. Like, I think I can respect some of the, um, some of the moments in, in Planet of the Apes where... They don't do dialogue. Yeah. They just let us like watch it play out. Yeah. And I respect that because well, part of it's that wandering, like these guys don't know what's going on. A lot of what we right. see with no dialogue is in the beginning when the crew is, yeah, yeah, yeah. is kind of. Well, I mean, Heston doesn't speak for the first half of the movie once he gets right. captured. Right. Oh, yeah, 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 exactly. You know, exactly. So uh, the, I, I feel like there's a lot of really interesting things to pick, pick up from this film, but then the editing pace. Watching it from today in today's eyes, it's it was so I was almost falling asleep in parts. Don't say almost, dude. Okay, fine. I snored once. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with you. Can't believe you're throwing me under the bus. It, part, part of it to me, I wonder if like to them in that time, the concept was so cut and dry. What they had and what they wanted to show, mm-hmm. like here's point A, here's point B, and this is how we get to it. Yeah. And maybe they just needed to fill screen time. Maybe they sure. had 10, 15, 20 minutes of time you left this, over. It was just under two hours, correct? An hour 52. Yeah. Hour 52. I wonder what the like the average length of a film back then was. Because today, in today's standards, it's anywhere between 90 minutes to two hours. That's probably the average. Yeah, I think so. Honestly, I, for stuff that we watch, though, I start to get thrown off when it's shorter than two hours long. Mm-hmm. Like, I... Because the stuff that we watch, I mean, everything in the last season was... Over two hours, I'm yeah, pretty sure. I mean, it's all... 
except there for was, and I think Enemy was an hour and a half. Yeah, I think also um, Polytechnique was only like an hour and a few minutes actually. Yeah, I, I'm sure right. early early work of filmmakers is probably all like that though. Right, that's true. But, um, but, but going back to what I was saying, like the editing pace of this, uh, it's really it, I found it to be annoying at, at, at parts, sure, and boring. Whereas 2001 came out the same year, and I don't find that film boring at all. Yeah, I know. I don't either. And, and it's I don't know if maybe it, it might be it might be that 2001 rewards you more with imagery for the yeah, but also like just like it, it's a challenging film in the sense that like you don't then, know what's going on yeah. and you have to figure it out. So yeah. I, so that might be that might and might that be a good example and, to put side by side. Well, and that's what I said to you is like well, you and I aren't used to expo- exposition like mm-hmm. this like. Like what we hunt down is is films that require us to provide the last piece of the puzzle. Right, right. And two thousand one, A Space Odyssey does that. This film is exposition. Yeah, that's true. The point of it though is that the exposition is so daunting. Like, like, oh my gosh, this is the end result of all of this. Yeah, stuff. yeah. You know yeah. what I well, mean? Well, exactly. I mean, the uh, obviously, I've never watched this film before. Right. Until today, I, we knew. but we knew the yeah, ending. exactly. We, we, uh, we, I mean, it's been in the annals of history. Right. <laughs> so. Yeah. <laughs> Did I say that right? I'm not sure. <laughs> so um, I think that doesn't give us a big uh, surprise at all, you know, and we actually were making fun of it because yeah, exactly. like how, how far, how close does he need to get to the Statue of Liberty before he realizes it's right, the Statue exactly. of Liberty? Well, especially when we zoom back and realize that it was the face of the Statue of Liberty facing us the entire time. Charlton. Open your eyes. Like, <laughs> maybe he needs some glasses. Maybe when he got shot in the throat, it like, <laughs> damaged some sort of retinal nerve from the... Pretty sure that comes up through the spine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Wrong side of the body. I was just trying to give Charlton every uh, every ounce of respect. No, I don't... Needs. Listen, he has my respect just because of Ben-Hur. what he's done. Yeah. Okay, Ben-Hur, sure. Yeah. I watched Ben-Hur. It was good. But... The people who get my respect in Ben-Hur are the extras. <laughs> you know how many extras there were in that movie? How many? Thousands. <laughs> there were thousands of extras. I think Ben Hur still holds the record of like the most extras to be on a set. Really? Yeah. That's interesting. It's crazy. I don't know why I'm talking about that. Though. Ben still, not they sci-fi. still hold. Yeah, that's true. Let's move on. Let's <laughs> talk about their, the amount of Oscars they have. But yeah, yeah exactly. Oh, not worth it. How many Oscars does Planet of the Apes have? I don't know. I don't either. I look that up. We should have done that we research. Should. I'm sorry, guys. We're yeah, letting you down. That's our bad. <laughs> um, what about the remake, though? Which the one with Mark Wahlberg? Mark Wahlberg. Well, that's the only remake. I guess the yeah, newest the newest film trilogy is not really. I got to be honest with you, huh? I prefer the approach of the newest film trilogy. Yeah, to it's the fresh con- to the concept. Yeah, it's fresh. Yeah, I think I think watching this today, this was fresh for me too because hmm. I, I got to be honest with you, it did a really good job of making me believe that he was off planet. Like I. I even questioned. I don't know, dude. I I recognized those uh, yeah Arizona I, skylines. <laughs> obviously, you did, but like I recognized Iceland and Interstellar, and I was like, uh, "Ooh, okay, fair." You're not in space. <laughs> <laughs> hey, everybody, they're not in space. <laughs> this film is a fraud. <laughs> Tom Cruise's new movie won't be a fraud, though. No, because he does everything himself <laughs> in space. Wait, he's got a space movie. Tom Cruise and Elon Musk have a partnership, and they're going to film the first movie in space. Oh wow, dude, where have you been? Uh, Under a rock? uh, Man, it doesn't matter. (laughs) (laughs) We'll have to echo. I am Patrick uh, Star, though. (laughs) (laughs) It's evident to me, though, by watching this, that like. 
Planet of the Apes in so many ways. Like Interstellar keeps coming to my mind because it's like in the first five minutes, I saw so many things about Planet of the Apes that Interstellar was inspired by. Like their suits, for instance, are super Interstellar-esque. Sure. The command module, super Interstellar-esque. Like things yeah. like him climbing up that tube, that imagery itself, like remind now, don't generalize that all space travel could look the same way. Mm, okay. <laughs> because it can. Give me an example that it doesn't look the same. Space travel? Yeah. Dude, have you seen Dude, have you seen Avatar? All right, fair. Moving on. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> anyway, when I see stuff like that, you got and even if it's not like a conscious thought in Christopher Nolan's mind like, "Oh, I really liked the way Planet of the Apes did their spaceship or whatever." You know what the concept was that really made me think about that? Tell me. Time relativity. How so? Like the concept of time relativity, how often do we see that in cinema? Oh, that's true. That's true. So when, when I, I'm, I'm I wouldn't be surprised if this is the first time we saw it in film, dude. Now that I think about that, if I lived in 1968, I would be questioning my existence. I wouldn't completely. even. I don't think I would understand me, that because they don't. They don't. They don't. Interstellar do any, was the first time I really got a grasp right, because on the they relativity. actually they explain it. Yeah. in the plot. Whereas in Planet of the Apes, they don't give you any kind of clue at all. He just says it's now. A bit, his his equations might be off a little bit. Granted, it was they didn't, they didn't fifty ha- years ago. <laughs> didn't have uh, what was his name that worked with Interstellar? Oh, oh, the scientist. You mean? Yeah, yeah, I can't remember his name right now. I don't know. The but black hole specialist. I know. That's what I was about to say. The most scientific representation of a black hole ever to be on screen. Yeah, that's crazy to Why me. Why are we talking about Interstellar? Dude, I don't because it's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna do a modern sci-fi in one of these seasons. And um, we're gonna hit it. We'll hit it. I mean, we'll do a Christopher Nolan season eventually. Now, don't hype our viewers up. They don't know. They don't know for sure. That we'll do that. I mean, we don't know for sure. That's true. Or, or, we don't know when we'll do it for There's sure. There's potential that we'll do a modern sci-fi. There's also potential that we'll do a Christopher Nolan. There's potential we'll do a Tim Burton season. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> um, you were mentioning to me how you felt that this almost feels like a, a steps backward in uh, some of the societal... <laughs> Some societal Here's what things I said. in this film. Okay, go I said ahead. I found I found it super interesting uh-huh. the way this picture is being painted in the '60s era of the United States. How there's a superior race and an inferior race, right. and the way those races are treated. I feel like it would have to be a leap for this not to have been at least in the slightest, mm-hmm. like pointing an arrow towards racism. Right, I, I think when I watch, Show, but like in a good way, like it's 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 shining a light on it in a right, in exactly, a, yeah. exactly, and and like for, bringing for bringing, you and I even today, the concepts of this film make us uncomfortable that mm-hmm. there's an a, a superior race not even willing to accept in the slightest the inferiority of the other race right. having potential to to grow. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like it. I think they soften that a little bit by like you know switching things around. Also making everybody white. Exactly. <laughs> and that's another thing that we, we talked about. It's like the one character who was of color, who, who, who wasn't like somebody who was already on the planet, yeah. died in the first five minutes. Right. I and think that's, uh, I think that's uh, a, a thing that we're only now getting into and realizing. Right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And we never, ever echo him again until we see him in that museum. As Which a, makes yeah. me uncomfortable as as a viewer today. Today, yeah. That makes me uncomfortable. And and another thing I said is like, you know, why wasn't there a spotlight on the fact that 
there's no black people on the planet. Like there's no there's no people of color on right. the on the planet already. I think they were. I keep saying planet, but all of us know. I think they were Earth. trying to soften that blow though, like because if maybe it would be. I mean, we're talking about sixty eight, right? Of, but it could have been jarring racism, seeing these I feel. people being like a, a, somebody of a darker skin color in that role of like a, oh, a dumber you mean, human being. You mean for the viewers, for the viewer, right. even back then, right? Right? They were, right. I think they may, maybe they were just trying to. Uh, um, so maybe it was steer com- away from any kind of controversy. maybe it was commendable for for Hollywood in that time to even have a uh, maybe, an actor. but that's a stretch because How- Hollywood was doing a ton of really bad crap right there. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And it, it like like. I would love I would love to sit here as a viewer and take it at face value and say 100% this is solely about like a sci-fi storyline right. but, but it's, I don't think it's so. It's crazy to look at it and not think well, otherwise. No, no, I think obviously it, it I think the book itself was probably much sure. more social Oh, sure. I I guarantee the commentary like, than yeah. a production company picked up the idea because of the ways the the leanings that it could have though. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's And obviously obviously the remake yeah. And and the the newest version of it don't necessarily no, no, lean no. that direction. No, I don't think Tim Burton was trying to do any kind of social commentary at all. I think right. Tim Burton was just like, I love this movie. Right, I want exactly. to remake it exactly, and did a really bad job at it. Yeah. Do you remember the the uh, social commentary that was in Edward Scissorhands? Go ahead. No, I, just, <laughs> no, okay. I was waiting. <laughs> we're gonna take a this deep. <laughs> we're gonna take a deep dive into Edward Scissorhands right now. Everybody, buckle your seatbelt. I think this might be telling us that we're not gonna do a Tim Burton. I think or you maybe might be we, right. Or no, maybe I think, we, who knows? I think you might be right. I don't know. Marvel, uh, maybe we, for sure. Though. We might do a, uh, maybe cl- for a sure. claymation season. <laughs> Wallace and Gr- Gromit. We might do a claymation season, and uh, Nightmare Before Christmas might end Chicken up on run. there. Chicken Run, Wallace and Gromit, Fantastic Mr. Fox, Isle oh, yeah. of Dogs. Oh yeah, Isle of Dogs, great. And uh, Chicken I, Run Two is coming out. Chicken Run Two. We'll have to, <laughs> we'll, have to, we'll have to hold out for Chicken Run Two, and then Nightmare Before Christmas. Nightmare Before what are Christmas some other? Sure. What are the? What other? Oh, Kubo and the Tale of Two Strings. Was that claymation? Yeah, dude. So was that new movie about the uh, about the uh, uh, the Bigfoot, the Sasquatch? Oh yeah, that was claymation. Yeah, dude. No. Yeah, baby. Because I, I know. Brace I, yourselves, America. Are you sure? Yeah. <laughs> because I, I know that like today I've seen people be able to like do no. things on like Cinema 4D no, or something. Kubo and, and then, the Tale of Two Strings. I'm telling you right now, I've seen videos. All that there's background that's green screen, but all of the characters are claymation. Are claymation. That's they're cool. they're animated. I I commend manually. them for that because there's definitely an easier way to go about that. Absolutely, today. but I mean. Wes Anderson doesn't think yeah, so. Yeah, but Wes Anderson is a uh, genius, is what you were no, saying. Yes, hundred percent. But what I'm saying is that Wes Anderson never He's takes incredible. the easy route. Oh, right. So I, I like, I wouldn't think otherwise. Right. I would be surprised if he did like a total CG film. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. <laughs> Anyways, we're Barf. getting off topic here. Barf. We're getting off topic here. Um, how do you what think this saying? stacks up between oh. between this, the remake, and the today's well, and that's like what I was saying trilogy to you of films? Early. The remake and and the first one have, I mean, it's the same storyline, right? Pretty, uh, I mean, there's there creative, differences, creative but. tendencies, <laughs> but uh, like the story itself is at at its core the same similar, content. Yeah, it's very, it's, very it's brought from the same book. Mm-hmm. Whereas the current the current Planet of the Apes trilogy is a new story, a it's new concept. basically telling us like how we got got to there. that point. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I prefer that that. I prefer that character arc and that story um, 
you know, when I think about it now, the the same the same kind of commentary can exist in the newest one as well. Like mm-hmm. there's a race and 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 yes, a, a superior oh, species is at war with them. hundred percent. The, yeah. the new trilogy films definitely have some sort of so, social commentary. There. Definitely towards the it's end. It's not totally this. It doesn't totally um, uh, match up. Like if you were to put them, it's not as expository. Yeah, it's not the same as yeah. as the '68 original, but. Um, it definitely is doing something yeah. with these films. Which I, is that Matt Reeves? I think it is. The newest ones? Yeah. 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 Um What hey, dude, talk, if we're gonna stop for a second and talk about Matt Reeves, what a powerhouse. Yeah. Like I mean, he's just dropping hits everywhere and nobody thinks about it. Everyone's no, like, yeah. Oh, here's another movie and it's incredible. What did he just come out with? Batman? No, not yet. No, no, no that's coming out. <laughs> yeah. Well, he just came out with some yeah, what was it was it? um Oh shoot. I don't know. Did he do um the woman, the oh shoot, we'll get back to you on that. Yeah, we'll get back to you. <laughs> we'll get back to it. Let we'll, 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 get back to we'll you let you know when the bat, when the Batman comes out. Um, yeah. So I I I think we haven't obviously we haven't seen the the three sequels to this one, so we don't have a full scope. Nor, understanding. nor do we have int- nor do we have intentions. No, of, yeah, of, I'm probably not. <laughs> no. I think I'd much rather watch like the time machine. Oh my gosh, we forgot about the time machine. That's okay. We've already got our stuff set. We already have our ten episodes. Yeah, <laughs> maybe in the future. Um, the time machine, future. <laughs> hey, um, so for sure, I, I I don't. I mean, I'm I can stop and appreciate and respect what this film has done, but I can't. I'm never gonna watch this movie again. <laughs> yeah, and and I mean. You could say the same thing about 2001. Once you watch it once, you can definitely appreciate and admire it, but it's not something that you turn on when you're... You don't turn it on whenever you're bored or anything like that. It's not like a movie that I'm like, I can't wait to watch this again. I mean, I, I think the first time I watched it, I was very confused. Yeah. And it kind of put be? me off. Yeah. Um, until like a few years later, I watched it again, and I really appreciated it then. And yeah. then I think every time I go back to 2001, there's something new I can appreciate. Oh, absolutely. Whereas that I don't always bring something new to the table. I don't feel like this is going to give me something new every time. Right. So, I like I said, I think 2001 is the kind of film that really rewards you every time you watch it. Yeah. For the amount of like res- uh, amount of time you put into this film until 2001 will give you something back in return. Yeah. yeah. Whereas I don't think this does it at all. Right. I, I can, think it's, just, it's a fun ride. I think I think because of that, it's like because of that expository piece. It's mm-hmm. so it's so surface level. Like it in in the storytelling aspect of things. Like yeah. the the director is just giving us every bit of information we need. Obviously, until the end when that whole thing is like come about. Yeah. And sure, the questions can be sparked. How did we get here? You know, only two thousand years later, all of this has happened. Right. You know. It's interesting. It's I think it's interesting, but I, I, the big part of it and our chronological journey through sci-fi is the fact that it paved the way for right. I I I would be curious to see the sequels only to know what else there better. is because like not not if it gets better. I'm sure it's gotta, pretty much the same. I got to tell you the reviewers don't think it's better. They don't better, think so it gets worse from here. Way worse. <laughs> okay, so I don't want to watch it. I was just <laughs> curious about like do they ever find another forest on the other side of the desert, you know what I mean? Oh, on the other side is of the there forbidden paradise zone? beyond the forbidden yeah, zone. Yeah, right? exactly. So like that kind of stuff makes me a little bit curious, but knowing the pacing of this film, I don't want to watch the next one either. Right. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. So, sorry, sorry Heston. One one thing that really bummed Rest us out, peace. I think Heston Peace. One thing that really, one thing that really bums us out was the relationship between 
Charlton Heston's character and Nova. Nova, yeah. We were pretty bummed out about that, I think. I, I, I mean, think, yeah. I, myself, for you sure. You were very bummed out. Well, because the film prostrates it Brent towards... Brant and I are feminists, but Brant is very, like... How would you say? I, I'm i on board. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on board. That's another thing is, like, here's here's another thing. And it, this is another 60s-era... Uh, uh, agenda, if, for lack of a better word, okay. that was positioned in this film was the masculinity aspect of things. Yeah. How much Charlton Heston shined a spotlight on, you know, I love you, but only because you're the only girl in town. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, what? We know he's a womanizer yeah, because exactly. he also kisses the, uh, the, the monkey girl, Zira. Zira. Yeah. Oh, dude. Hey, chill out, dude. <laughs> what? Well, I mean, it's true. <laughs> She's an ape, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I didn't get that scene at all. It, <laughs> what, like, what is that? What are really the purpose throw, of that? What really throws me off is like, dude, that is normal for the late sixties. Oh, him yeah, saying that, that kind of stuff, like, like his position in the household was the fact that like she was the only girl around, so she was his. He wanted her, yeah. and and he was gonna have her. And you know, obviously that was softened a little bit by the fact that she also wanted him. But like, did she? Who knows? Don't, we don't know. There, there was really absolutely no relationship there, and I, I, I want to venture off and say, shame on them for even making that a plot uh-huh. point. Because what's the point? Yeah, what is the point? I, I, I vaguely remember the remake, Tim Burton's remake, being. I don't remember if these characters all lined up together, but I, from Helena Bonham Carter's Helena Bonham Carter's character is like has this like love thing. With absolutely, Mark Wahlberg's Dude, character. No, not just like this love thing. It's. It's a the whole it's thing. It's very present. Yeah, yeah. So that's what I remember. So I was kind of confused. Obviously, this one came first, but still, like, I was like, "Wait, is this going to happen or not?" Yeah, I just didn't. I didn't like that. And maybe, maybe they overexposed it on the remake because they were like, "Dude, this is a a, a hole in the film. Like, this could yeah. have been something." These it gives a better. I think it has I mean, a better plot plot element to it as well because it's these two races kind of coming together. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's the whole Pocahontas concept thing. Yeah. I, mean, I guess Pocahontas was after this. So did sure. Pocahontas get that concept from this? No. No. She got that from life. Pocahontas. <laughs> exactly. The real Pocahontas. Right. <laughs> Probably. Yeah, we don't actually know, right? <laughs> did John Smith actually... Anyways, yeah, moving so, on. <laughs> yeah, so I, overall, I mean, if I was to give it a number, I'd say it's a seven. It's not something that I'm I'm like screaming to get to, but at right. the same time, like, I, a, my, my seven comes from the position of appreciation like like i'm trying to th- think of another movie that i ap- yeah. have to appreciate what i'm what i'm thinking is if this film had come out today the, the exact way it is with maybe an update in camera gear so it looks better if that was the only difference it would suck this film would be a b a b Absolutely. list film for sure Absolutely. Like it's, it's just- and that's why i talk about charlton heston's acting like that because when we talk about b actors it's all very scripted and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. So it makes – stuff like that makes me feel like way, lower, yeah. like it's a lower quality film. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, But I mean – and, and, and I, maybe it was. I'd, I'd love yeah, to see what other – Yeah, but back then it was totally – like this was the the thing. Was it? Like was what, it? Are, what other movies know, came no. out in 68? 2001. I know, but what other ones? Was two? – I'm not sure. I mean in 2001 when I think about it is they were really pushing the envelope too in ingenuity. Like that whole ch- – well, I don't know why I'm talking about this now. We're gonna have a whole episode about it. Yeah, let's wait. Next let's week. Say, let's save it for right. next week. Anyway, my appreciation level is at an utmost high solely 
on the fact of set what design. What it did for okay, yeah. And what it did what for it did cinema. For that, for like, the genre but set design really pushed me over the edge for this. If right. It, I think if there wasn't that much put into the set, I, I wouldn't have as much value for the film. Sure. Like the concepts are good, but there was a book. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I. I, could, I you're, you're saying seven. I I'm like at a four. A four, dude. Because like it, it's, it's solely a Charlton off- Heston's masterpiece. <laughs> Is it? I think yeah. it's been her. Have you seen the Ten Commandments? <laughs> this okay. might be the third in the line of Charlton Heston's performances. Okay, so Should we I... do a full Charlton Heston season? No. <laughs> Please, God, no. <laughs> Listen, it's a four for me because, like, I don't feel like this film gives me much other than maybe some sort of social commentary. But even then, it's a it's kind of a stretch. Yeah. And... What it's done for the genre, for cinema, and so on. It like, feels it's like a place stretch. in history, you yeah. know. It's got a place in history. But other than that, I didn't enjoy this film. Like, if I could put all of that aside, oh yeah, this is trash to me. I completely agree. There's no question about that. But what I'm saying is, my sorry, num- my number comes. Don't apologize, <laughs> dude. I don't know. There may be some people out there that are like, we're independent variables. Like, we're allowed to hate it if we want to. <laughs> okay. We're going to stir some stuff up, man. Maybe. This season might might get a little ugly. It, I, oh, dude, yeah, because classic sci-fi is where cult classic yeah. mentality comes from. I, this is going to get ugly, I think. Absolutely. There are people <laughs> who hate 2001 A Space Odyssey and people who absolutely love it. Right. I'm sure that there's Planet of the Apes fanatics out there. <laughs> They're out there. They're just not us. They have like all of the. They like keep all of the memorabilia. Oh, yeah, they, they, <laughs> they all have those shrouds. That I'm they not wear. making fun of you. No, no, not the not the followers. We're making fun of the movie. Yeah, well, yeah. I'm, I, I'm like, I just can't. I'm not going to show my kids this movie. Not because I think it's inappropriate, but because I don't you want know, them to waste their time. I'm thinking about it right now, and and you might have an answer to this as well. But if there's one piece of memorabilia I'd like to have from Planet of the Apes, the original movie, okay, it would be when Doctor Cornelius is telling Charlton Heston's character about the Forbidden Land, and he mm-hmm. pulls out that map. Oh yeah. I'd love to have that map. You're a maps guy? I love classic maps. I'm a maps guy. If I could have that map, viewers, I would love to have it. I uh if I had to pick one, it would probably be the uh his face mask. The, dude. No, 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 no. The stinking the stinking clothes he's wearing. The oh, rags. Yeah, exactly. Because that could be something I could use in the bedroom. Like as a blanket? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, you know what? I, I, although I may not have liked the film, I enjoyed this experience watching it with you, dude. It was bar none. Yeah, it was incredible. It was fun. Yeah, I wish uh, we could do this more often. I wish so too, but we live a thousand Shoot. miles away. Yeah, and the only thing that keeps us together is our love for cinema. Our love for cinema. <laughs> All jokes aside, though, my wife wrote that intro. <laughs> In our- I'm serious, and. I, I'm serious. My wife wrote that intro, and it touches my heart that that was a part of season one. You know what? I'm I'm happy for you. I love that. I love that her fingerprints were on this. That's great. I'm serious. Right. My wife is the light of my life. I yeah, she's great. I can't say light of my life anymore because of The Shining. No, light of my life, <laughs> Wendy, darling, light of my life. I'm not gonna hurt you. I'm just gonna. What does he say? I I I really want to watch that right now. Let's you want to just? <laughs> no, dude, you have to fly out in like 20 minutes. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, I. We can both agree 
it paves the way for stuff, but for sure. It's just not a great movie. And honestly, what you were saying was right. Take everything else away. The movie itself for production value alone is really garbage. Hold up. It's yeah. garbage. Yeah. No. But, but I mean, yeah. Maybe so is the Bagel Bowski. Well, it's it's funny because like I feel so strongly about this with this film, and I feel totally the opposite with our next film, two thousand one. I know. So I'm that, really that curious. challenges me yeah. so much. So I'm really I'm really excited about doing this next week. Yeah, yeah. So next week we're gonna be uh, we're gonna be watching two thousand one: A Space Odyssey. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, separately. Separately, but, yeah. Yeah. We're gonna be watching it nonetheless, and uh, we're gonna have a conversation really similar to this. And we'd love for people to join in, post the show of this one, hit us with your thoughts. Yeah. Uh, we've got a couple of people who consistently, weekly, hit me with their feedback and are like, you know, like on the Tenet episode, for instance, that was a really popular one because so many people had like just finished watching. Yeah, exactly. It. Yeah. But like, hit me with things like, you know, I really appreciate what you guys said about this, and this is like an adverse thought about. Right. You know, yeah. We, we want love, that. Yeah. We love that conversation so if you've got stuff like that definitely hit us up on on uh anchor, anchor with, yeah. uh, leave uh, us leave us a voice uh message below yeah. you can hit follow the link below yeah uh, we're gonna have social media posts to go up about this stuff yeah. we'd love for you to comment on those things we're gonna hopefully be able to trudge up some facts about planet of the apes between now and next week and get it on social media right. so we can have i'm super curious yeah. about this film there's still a, so there's a lot of stuff there's a lot of stuff that i'd love to find out like one thing i'm gonna answer the question of where is the set today yeah, I want to know. When I think about where that set could be, I think about Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. That massive warehouse, it's got to have enough space for this set. <laughs> right? So you're saying it's in Area 51? Yeah. Okay. Well, I think we found our answer. Only time will tell. Anyway, thanks for listening to Thank this episode. We loved doing this. Real quick, before you, before you guys go, before we go, <laughs> if you guys enjoyed this video, if you guys think that this format might be cool, uh, let us know and we'll uh, we'll try yeah. it out. Yeah. Even though we're a thousand miles away. Absolutely. And apart. we, I mean, we hope to produce more of these, but uh, we will never point at the subscribe button or point at the like yeah. thumbs up. Uh, that's just yeah. not who we are. So if you feel it, do it. Yeah, but, but if, if you not, don't, I mean, I don't you, care. you guys know YouTube. <laughs> you know where the subscribe button is. <laughs> We're not gonna tell you how to live your life. Anyways, uh, until next week. Until next week.